Well, today we're going to share on the topic, Saved by Grace. Amen. 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 Saved by grace. Well, glory to God. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll start there and see where the Holy Ghost takes us. Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians is in the Old Testament, right? In the New Testament. Okay. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, and let's look down beginning at verse 4. And let's begin to read at verse 4, and let's just read on down uh, through to verse verse 9. Let's read. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Praise God. Well, we know without a shadow of a doubt, what is God's grace? Let's, let's start off from there. What is God's grace? Is it, is it, um, I call it undeserving mercy? Well, undeserving mercy, okay. Mm-hmm. But not just undeserving mercy. When somebody uh, gives you grace or offers grace to you, what are they doing? They're offering you a extension. extension. Certainly could be an extension. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, okay. All of that's wrapped in it. It's unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Why don't we say that together? Grace is unmerited favor. Okay, I heard one person say it after me. I hear nobody else say that. Unmerited favor. Okay, all right. All right. So God's grace is unmerited favor. which means that we can't do anything we can't work to get it is that not true Mm -hmm. and it says in the scripture that we read that this grace that he's given to us down at verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith wow through faith and I know earlier today you were going through a study on faith right? faith toward God and the whole concept of that trust and reliance on God and his word and so likewise the same way that through faith we can receive the grace 
for salvation. Isn't that awesome? Yes, yes. And how does faith come? By hearing the word of God. So God has to give us his word. We have to receive the word in order for faith to come. And then through the faith that we have, we can then receive salvation, which is actually come through God's grace. Isn't that something? Now, I'm going to go back to a statement we make frequently, and probably for the future we'll be making it more frequently. But that is, God never intended for man to live this life without him. God never intended for man to live this life on this planet without him. And so as a result of that, we see how God is intimately involved with man. From the very outset, the scripture tells us he knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. Duh. So we existed in God before we even were formed in our mother's womb. The scripture says he saw our unformed substance when there was yet none of it. <laughs> now that's awesome. Yes, it is. He could see that substance <laughs> when yet it wasn't even formed. Which also lets us know that God can see our future when it hadn't even come yet. Isn't that awesome? So God is in your tomorrow. And it hasn't even shown up yet. Now we can't necessarily grasp that. Because we have a challenge even dealing with what? Today. This minute. This minute. Go ahead. I hear (laughs) This minute we can hardly deal with. Much like what's coming up a little later this afternoon, right? And yet everybody's got their plans laid out for the most part. You know, you know, you're going to go someplace after you leave here, right? And you plan on doing something. You're going to watch TV. You're going to go this place or you're going to do that thing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got a plan. Or this week, you're planning to what? Go to work or you're planning to do this or you're planning to do that. Everybody's got these great plans. But God. But God. So you begin to understand if God is so concerned about me that he would provide grace, his unmerited favor, that I can be saved, that how much more 
will he take care of the unknown future that I have to go through? How much more will he take care of the future, the unknown future to me that I have to go through? So therefore, my trust has to be where? In God. Go back to Exodus chapter 33. Go back to Exodus chapter 33. I'm talking a little bit about Moses and grace. Mm. Moses and grace. In Exodus chapter 33... Uh, And we're going to pick up at verse 12. And notice in the New King James Version, it has a little heading or subheading for that particular section. And what's the subheading? The promise of God. The promise of God's Presence. presence. The promise of God's presence. Let's begin to read, because Moses is talking to the Lord. Let's see what he says. Okay, let's read together. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. Wow, come on. Isn't that a... Isn't that a uh, that's an observation. Now think about it. This is Moses, at least 80 years old. Right? Mm-hmm. We know a little bit about his history. He was certainly <laughs> born a Hebrew. There was a, a, a thing out to kill all the Hebrew male children, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that eventually Pharaoh's daughter took him in, right, when he was yet a baby. And he apparently grew up in the courts of Pharaoh for at least 40 years, we, had, we, had, we estimate, right? Then he blew it when he killed the Egyptian, and he fled to Midian. Spent 40 years on the backside of the mountain, right? No royal courts. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff that Egypt had offered him was no longer there. And we know God then spoke to Moses from the burning bush and told him, I've heard the cry of my people, Israel, and I've come down to what? Deliver them. You go. Ain't that something? God tells Moses, I heard the cry of my people. I've come down to do what? Deliver them then you would expect the next statement that God would say is, so I'm going to show up to Pharaoh, and I'm going to let these people go, and you know, we're going to, we're going to get this thing on. He didn't say that. What did he say? You go. You go. <laughs> now, how many times in our lives did we ask God to do some things? And somewhere in the echoes and recesses, of our being 
we hear God say, you do it. And, 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 and then we begin to question, because I ain't got a, you know, I don't have the skill to do I don't have the ability. I don't have, I, you, you must be making a mistake. I mean, that's why I'm asking you to do it, because I can't, you, I don't know how, what you and you can fill in all the blanks, right? But the bottom line is, when Moses came up with the, because he did come up with some excuses, didn't he? You know, I don't talk well. Thank God, someone said, wait a minute here, now who made the mouth? Wait a minute, come on now. I'm the one who made the mouth. But, but, but you don't come up, I don't talk well. So he says, okay. You know your brother Aaron? I'm going to send him with you. Okay? And so you will be to Aaron as God. Mm-hmm. And Aaron will be the spokesperson mm-hmm. as such. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we already saw God accommodating mm-hmm. Moses. Even though he said, you go. Moses came with us. Anyway, I don't speak well. Mm-hmm. So, go, so God accommodated Moses' objection. Now the folks have come out of Egypt mm-hmm. with a high hand. I mean, after the plagues and all this stuff had taken place in Egypt, they've come out, and here Moses again is having this conversation with the Lord. Now, this is after the Red Sea. You understand what I'm saying? This major miracle. The rest of them were miracles, but I mean, come on, y'all. When Pharaoh's army is on your tracks and the Red Sea is in front of you and you on foot and some donkeys and all of a sudden a pillar of fire shows up behind you between you and Pharaoh and the Red Sea is in front. And all of a sudden, now, there's at least, they say, maybe about two million people leaving out of Egypt. And you happen to be, what, 999, whatever. So you back here, and all the rest of those folks up front. Now, you see this. But all of a sudden, you hear this coming back, this ripple effect. The sea is open. The sea is open. The sea is open. What you talking about? The sea is open. You didn't see it yet. But they telling you a sea has been open. And the folks keep moving. And you in the back, you know, you got the back line. And you just keep pushing toward the front. And all of a sudden, it's like you were on uh, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. If you've ever traveled out on Route what is it, 13, when you're traveling on that bridge, you're going along like this, and you look ahead, and it looks like the road ends. And you're just traveling along, and all of a sudden, You get the picture. So all of a sudden you get up there and you don't see the folk 
You see some people way on the other side. And you say, how did they get over there? And you keep walking. And all of a sudden, you go down. And you look to your right, and you see water. You look to your left, and you see water. And you stepping on dry land. But here we find Moses at another point where he says, You say to me, Bring up this people, but you not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. He's putting God in remembrance of some things. Pointing out the fact that these folks are first of all his. But then he says, you said to me that you knew my name. In other words, God knows Moses intimately. Have you ever thought God knows you intimately? (coughs) Sometimes we do, but how soon we forget. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. You know, where we sit here and we say, yeah, yeah, you know, God, you know me intimately. And before the day is over, we've forgotten that God knows us intimately. Mm-hmm. And you know how we can tell that we forgot? Lord, you don't know what I got to face. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And what am I going to do about such and such? How am I going to handle, and what am I, and you, and who? I thought you just said he knew you intimately. (laughs) Well, if he knows you intimately, and you know that he knows you intimately, then shouldn't there be a R-E-S-T? If you really believe that he knows you intimately. Wow. Then he makes a statement in verse 14. And he said, God says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Isn't that something? Then he said to him, or Moses said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. The bottom line is God speaks to Moses and tells him that his presence will go with him. 
And Moses says, if it doesn't, if your presence doesn't go up with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? The connect of God's grace being evident in us is his presence with us. Hasn't changed. Did you understand what I'm saying? That hasn't changed from Moses' day to today. God's presence is with us which demonstrates God's grace. Let's go back to John. Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Wow. And let's look down at verse, beginning at verse 14. I trust that you'll see a connect here today that you may not have seen before. And that is that God's presence is linked up with God's grace, which gives us a rest. Look at verse 14. Let's begin to read there and we'll read down to verse, oh, let's read down to verse 18. Let's read. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared him. So we know that Jesus is the word of God made flesh, right? We also know that in Isaiah, he said, and his name shall be called what? Emmanuel, which is what? God with us. Here we find that it's also elaborated that what? The only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. We often speak about the fact when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the truth part, we can get that. We got a handle on that. But he also came full of grace. Full of the favor of God. Right? So we begin to see not only 
He told Moses, my presence will go with you. Right? Here he's saying that his presence has now shown up in the flesh full of grace and truth. You'll get it in a minute. So not only was he showing up in Moses' day, it was God's presence with his people that demonstrated God's grace to the nations around, right? Here we find God's presence in Jesus being manifested to show grace, not just for Israel, but for every man. Do you get the picture? God's presence showing up in the flesh yet full of grace available to every man. Wow. And then he says, go over to Romans chapter 5. I trust you're getting these scriptures down. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Let's begin to read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So in other words, the grace that came in the person of Jesus Christ, when we exercise our faith to receive Jesus as our Savior, then we by that faith Stand in the grace that has been manifested on our behalf. And it brings us peace. And so with the peace comes a rest. So we're standing in the grace that has come as a result of God's manifested grace, we receive it by faith. We stand in it, receive the peace of God, and therefore we rest in Him. Are you getting it? Just a little bit. Because it's God's presence with us. And think about it this way. By the time Romans 5 is written, Jesus has experienced what? Calvary. Mm-hmm. 
He's experienced death. He's experienced the resurrection. And he's experienced the ascension. So you're telling me, Pastor Joe, that faith in Christ is going to produce his presence. Well, you told me that in Moses' day, God's presence went with him and the people, right? You told me that Jesus was manifested. And he's God in the flesh, the word of God in the flesh, right? But he's at the right hand of the Father. Well, turn to John. And let's look at John. Well, I believe it's 14, but let's go there. And if it's not 14, it's between 14 and 16. So we won't get there. Turn to John. Chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. And look down with me, please, at verse 15. Beginning at verse 15 of John chapter 14. And let's begin to read together. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now this is who? Jesus speaking, right? Then look, what does he say in verse 16? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So in the person of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper. Jesus has said, I got to go. But I'll pray the Father to send you another helper, another comforter. The spirit of truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Sending you the spirit of truth. But not only will that spirit of truth come, but he will also bring with it grace. Are you following? Because the presence of God is the person of the Holy Spirit who not only is with us but in us because we believed on Jesus. Which means wherever we go God's presence is going with us. So his presence is going with us. It means his grace is available to us. And therefore his peace is available to us. And thus his rest. So what hinders us from experiencing the grace that you say, Pastor Joe, is available to us and you say we stand in it? And why in the world, if I'm standing in his grace, don't I have peace? And if I don't have this peace, that's why I'm anxious about everything that's going down. Because I ain't at rest. So what's happening here? Is God a liar? No. 
Not so. No. So if God's not a liar, and this is what he said, and you found out earlier that he performs his word, right? Mm -hmm. So if he performed his word, what is the problem? Mm -hmm. What what is the problem? (coughs) I think Awad said it. Could me beat the problem? (laughs) Well, how in the world can I be the problem if God has provided all this to me? Well, do you recall when it says, by grace you are saved through faith? Not of yourselves. It's a what? Gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So, where did I miss the chain? If it's all linked together, where did I miss the chain? Well, the grace was given by God. The faith for what I understand, is a gift from God. So if those are two gifts from God, where did I miss out? Well, did you get the word? Yeah, I heard the word. Well, if I heard the word, the word says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if I hear the word, and faith comes, then I should be in the chain. Okay. So faith has come because I heard the word. Then if faith comes, then the grace ought to be there too. But I'm not experiencing it. Why not? Have you ever thought? Because you're not exercising the faith that you received. But I believe it. But you're not acting on it. But I believe it. But you ain't acting on it. Mm. But I believe it. Mm. You're not acting on it. What James says, faith without works is dead. But I believe it. But I ain't acting on it. So, then, faith without works is dead. So where's the broken Peace in the chain. It's the me that ain't acting on the faith that you say you believe. But but I thought salvation came by grace through faith, not of works. It did, but that didn't mean you don't have to put some action with it. Does everybody understand? Because sometimes we get the impression that all we got to do is believe, and I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's all you had to do was believe, and you would be all right, then you'd be out of here. You ain't. You still here. What is work? What is work? Simple definition. What is work? Work is a simply. Hmm. 
Does this work? Mm -hmm. Energy performance. Does that work? Mm -hmm. Is this work? Mm -hmm. So you begin to understand work is really an exertion of energy. Work is simply an exertion of energy. So what is that saying then? Faith without the appropriate exertion of energy is dead. You can say all day I got faith. A mummy. You know he had faith. And he be dead. Because there ain't no exertion of energy. Are you getting the picture? But when we exercise that faith, when we demonstrate, God, I believe your presence is with me. And because of that, it says that I can experience your peace. So in the midst of the mess, thank you, Father, Amen. for your peace. Amen. In the midst of the situation, Father, I thank you for your peace. I'm going to rest in you. Show me your way. How do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I believe you, Father. You've already set up eternity for me. You'll see me. Take care of me until I get there. How do you want me to serve you today? Whose life do you want me to touch today? Are you following what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because think about it. We still exert energy one way or the other, don't we? Mm -hmm. We either exert energy to do the stuff that we ain't supposed to do. We good at that. You know what I'm saying? We be good at good stuff doing that we ain't supposed to be doing. So why can't we do the things that would please God? Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. So by grace you're saved through faith. It's the gift of God. The faith is. God is doing his part. God has, dwelt, has made it so that he now dwells in us as believers in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Holy Spirit is not to speak of himself, but only what he hears the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ say, right? Mm -hmm. He's supposed to lead and guide us into all truth yes. and teach us all things. Yes. So then what's happening is, perhaps, <laughs> is either we're not following the leader, or we're not listening to the teacher. And you know in the classroom, you can be distracted by anything, right? 
person, person, person sitting next to you, they just talking nonsense, and instead you listen to what the teacher saying, you listen to this person. Well, you know, didn't you see such and such? Didn't you see the game last night? And wasn't it tremendous? Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, girl, did you not? Yeah, get them. And the teacher's trying to get your attention. I ain't got time to be done. I got the profile. And when stuff happens, and it's just you, and who? God. He never left you. He was there when you were hurting on the conversation and not paying him any attention. So you didn't experience the peace. But it was there. Well, I want God's favor. God, give me favor. I have. I've given you favor. My presence is with you. Well, I don't know because I don't feel like I'm favored. And so what you want me to do about it? I said, what you want me to do about it? I'm giving you favor. But I ain't experiencing it. So what you want me to do about it? I've given you favor. I've given you my presence. But I don't feel like I got it. And But, but but what am I missing? I already told you. And what you going to do about it? That's a rough thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For God to put it back in your court and say, now, what you going to do about it? You mean I really got to do something about it to experience your faith? Are you experiencing it? No. So? So, what's the challenge? I know that sounds cold, doesn't it? Because I don't understand why God just doesn't poof and do what he does. Because he's already poofed. And said, it's in your court. And the key is, you got to get this though. The key is, it's in your court. But you're not the only person on the court. God is too. And he's the one. Help out. So, get the point, y'all. You are the problem. Mm-hmm. But the you that you are, are not by yourself. The helper is present in you. So don't get strung out and say, which way to go? You put it on me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. 
And God says, You may say, well, Pastor Joe, that's too deep. Well, go deep then, (laughs) y'all. Do you understand what I'm saying? Recognize God's presence went with Moses (coughs) and it brought a rest. And it was evident to the nations that it also brought grace. So they had the favor of God. The nations around couldn't help but see. That God of Israel is God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he opened the Red Sea. And the word of that went as far we know as Jericho. Mm-hmm. Probably went further than that, but you know it went to Jericho because, I mean, what's the name? Rahab. Uh, Rahab mm-hmm. tells them, we know, look, hey, we heard, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The great fight was going on then. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. They didn't have internet, but they had some kind of net because yes, the word got there. Yes, mm-hmm. We know, you know, we know what happened to these other kings and, and all this stuff. And you know what? Sometimes they fail to realize who they had with them. Mm-hmm. Because when Joshua died out and some of those elders died out, then it says the people did what was right in their own eyes. They lost sight of the fact that the presence of God was with them. So your situation isn't any different. When you find yourself doing what you think is right, Don't forget God's presence is what? With you. That's why I sometimes, and more frequently now than before, I guess, I sometimes get so, when people say, well, I'm going to church, y'all. And they give me the impression that they're going to church to meet who? God. God. 
Right. <laughs> but we have gotten a message across to mankind that you got to go to a certain place to meet God. So if you can't get there, God, 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 help me, help me, help me. Now, how would you feel if James is sitting right there and I'm standing right here and I'm calling out, James! James! Oh, James! Where are you? Where are you, James? Where are you, James? And all of a sudden, James is there. I'm here. Right here. Did you, did you see that picture? And may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. So, where's he watching from? Where's he watching from? Is he over there watching? Is he behind them? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Look at the, the things that we say sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because we don't accept what the Word says. His presence goes with us. And not only with us, but in us. Mm-hmm. So the grace of God is within us wherein we stand. And therefore peace and rest are available to us. Go back to Romans 5 and we'll wrap up. Go back to Romans 5. Justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through also whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Well, wait a minute. Now, you just crossed the line here. You said that I have peace. You said that I stand in the grace of God. And now you're telling me not only that, but we also glory in tribulations? Come on. That's the whole reason I came to the Lord. Because I was having too much tribulation. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to glory in tribulation? 
Did they change the definition of tribulation? Because my understanding is that tribulation is trials and mess. Rough time, hard time. Is that right? Or did you change the definition? Or You know what I'm saying? What's tribulation mean to you? Does it mean Hallelujah. We gonna dance our way right on. Is that is that is that what tribulation means to you? What does tribulation mean to you? Somebody tell me. Trouble. Trouble. Oh Lord. <laughs> Challenges. What else? Suffering. Suffering. Oh Lord, I am suffering. You know, child, I am time to be suffering. Hard times. Hard times. Trials. Trials. Well, it says here. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance. Well, what does perseverance mean? Overcoming. Overcoming. When you persevere for, towards something, or you're persevering in the midst of something, what are you doing? Being steadfast, pushing forward, persevering, pushing forward. Sounds like you're exerting some energy. Sounds like you're exerting some energy, right? Persevering, right? What are you persevering based on? Based on the fact that you stand in the grace of God. Based on the fact that the presence of God is in you. Based on the fact of your faith in God. Based on the fact of his word. You're persevering. The tribulation produces perseverance. It says, the knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance. Now, wait. Tribulation's coming. Trouble has come. Right? This is tribulation. The seed of tribulation. Tribulation has come. I'm in it. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm in the midst of tribulation. Oh, Lord. I'm in the midst of tribulation. Trouble on every side. The trials are with me. Oh, Lord. So, when are you going to begin to do what? Persevere. Persevere doesn't mean you sit in the middle of the tribulation and just keep crying out that you're in the midst of the tribulation. Because if you're supposed to be pushing somewhere, right? You're supposed to be persevering. Well, what's your goal? What are you supposed to be persevering toward? You're in tribulation, so you don't have to persevere to get into the tribulation. You're in it. Isn't it interesting? Paul makes a statement. Forgetting those things that are behind me, I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
pressed. He didn't say I sat. I press. So we're going to have to do some what? Pressing. God, God, I'm in the midst of tribulation, but your word says, your word says, it produces perseverance. Well, on whose part is the perseverance? My part. I may not have caused the tribulation, or I may have caused it, but the perseverance is on my part. I've got to persevere. And God, I recognize that the helper is in me. So God, I need your help to persevere. And you know what? You'll find within you the strength to press. We're moving. Thank you, God. We're moving. We're moving. I may have been back here in the back of of tribulation, but now I'm in the middle. I may have been in the middle, but now I'm at the edge. I'm moving. I'm persevering. And not only does it produce perseverance, but it says, and perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because... The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So God, I know you love me. And you know what, God? I love you. For your love has been poured out by the Holy Spirit that you've given me. And because I love you, Father, I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way, God. I know I could get out of this another way. I could blow somebody's brains out and I'm out of here. No, you're not out of there. You got another set of circumstances you got to deal with. Are you ready to deal with those? Then go for another alternative. Well, what else do I know? I can only go back on what I know. No, that's what got you in here in the first place, going on what you know. So you need to find somebody else who's got a better idea than you. And right now, it ain't nobody but you and God. So if your idea got you here, you better check out God's idea to get get us out. Does that make sense? If your idea got you in here, why in the world are you going to settle for your idea to get you out When God is your helper, God is present in you. And all he's saying is three letter, one word, two letter, next word. Ask me. 
me. And we can persevere and let character be built up in you. You understand what we're saying? So it's more than just saved by grace. It's acknowledging and representing God's presence in you because you believed on him. And not just mental assent, but from the heart. God, I believe. And therefore, I know faith without works is dead. So I'm not going to keep saying I got faith. I'm going to demonstrate it. I'm going to demonstrate it by my actions. Knowing that my actions don't have to be left up to just me. But I can ask you, because you're present in me, and we can do this thing together. And then you begin to recognize, God, we're doing it your way. And you know what, God? I'm at peace with that. My mind may be jumping a mile a minute, but my heart is at peace. Do you understand what I'm saying? My mind may be telling me, you crazy. You know that ain't going to work. You just stupid. Why would you do that? That don't make sense. Isn't that what your mind be saying? Sometimes your mind is telling you, that that, that, that makes sense, doesn't make sense. You know it doesn't make sense. You know that's illogical. What in the world do you think you're doing? But inside, inside, there's a peace that surpasses understanding. There's a peace, God. Do you understand what I'm saying? A peace that surpasses understanding. Lord have mercy. And when you come out, somebody says, man, how did you do that? How did you get out of that situation? Well, let me tell you. You got a few minutes? God. What do you know about God? Brother, I didn't know how I was coming out. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. But God, man. Well, I don't believe God exists. Eh? There are a lot of other folks you don't believe exist either, but they do. Like a billion other folks that you don't know. But uh, do they exist? Yes. So you said that you don't believe God exists, he don't exist? Come on, get real. And I can tell you, brother, he may not exist to you. But I know that I know that I know that God is. You understand what I'm saying? Well, prove it to me. Hey, look. I know that I know that God exists. Does everybody understand Questions. 